in the yard and pat them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the yard do it again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Dunn Tire, 315-437-7644. If you'd like to check in, and as always, on Friday, a lot to get to. We've got Steve Andrus, our good friend from 4for4.com, to talk some fantasy football at 1245. Kevin Todd, our Vegas insider, joins us at uh, one fifteen, And uh, a lot of other things to discuss, Seth, between now and what then. Nice. SU football, Major League Baseball playoffs underway, NFL, uh, Week 5 getting underway last night, some college football to discuss. Um so I, I know how I consumed everything last night. I, I happen to be working, and, and so I'm in the office, and we've got four TVs in the office, fortunately, and I was able to have NFL on one and NC State Louisville on another and Yankees Indians. Just curious, how did you consume everything last night? What was your priority? Uh, my thing was the Yankees. I was Yankees first and foremost. I was actually here at the station, uh, so I was sitting in the studio that the Yankees were on, so I was able to listen. Um, I did have them on TV, too. Which, now that I really think about it, doesn't make sense because I knew what was happening before I saw it, but that's besides the fact. Um, and then I was flipping back and forth, mostly to the NFL game, uh, also to the the NC State-Louisville uh, game. I, I kind of tuned into that a little bit later on in the night. Um, but it was, it was mostly the Yankees for me. I saw a little bit of that New England and, and Tampa. I saw the end of it. So uh, I, I know how that ended and that Jameis Winston could have thrown a touchdown pass but did not uh, was not able to fit that one in at the end and that I, Nick Folk missed three field goals. I was like gonna I, say, I got I, the story of the game. I, I tell you what, Seth. Um, so I, I think that, you know we can talk about our takeaways from each thing. My takeaway from that NFL game, since you were settling on it right there, if the Bucks had a had a field goal kicker that could make field goals. Um, the Patriots are are two and three. If that happens, now obviously they survived yep. last night. And if he had just made one of the three that he had missed, by the way, that is you're you're clocking it at what they were at the fifteen. Yeah, and the, you're right. clocking it and you're at, kicking a field goal that for a the field, win. Field goal wins so, it, opposed yeah. to needing a touchdown exactly. in order to win it in that situation. That's a very different game. And I guess my takeaway from that game, and and listen, the Patriots are still the Patriots, and, and I'm uh, I'm not gonna overreact but I will say this and I watched a lot of that game last night this is the first time in a really long time that I've felt like the Patriots might not be the best team in the AFC and I know we you know we've said all along you know I thought you were all on the Chiefs bandwagon and I know right now I've had the Chiefs and I've said you know over the course of the last couple weeks Chiefs are the best team right now you got to put them there they're undefeated but you know when all said and done the Patriots will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl Last night was the first time that I really started to question that. Um, They're not that good. I mean, they're not Patriots good. They're still good, but they're not as good as we are used to seeing them. They should have lost that game last night. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If if Jason Licht, the the GM in Tampa, had a little bit of a better eye for kickers, because, uh, you know, Aguayo and now Folk, who is, you know, 0 for 3 last night, uh... But, you know, if he had a better eye for kickers, they lose that game. Uh, The Patriots have some legit issues. And I know that I said it after the first game, but the offensive line didn't look good and the defensive line didn't look good. And, like, that's still the case. 
now five weeks into the year, right? Like the offensive line still didn't look good last night. They still got run all over uh, by Tampa Bay. So uh, that, that's that's an issue. Uh, we talk about it with Syracuse. We talk about it with the Giants. We talk about it with any football team. You have to have good line play. And right now, New England doesn't. And they're kind of getting by because Tom Brady's, you know, the greatest or top two quarterback of all time. Uh, and he's able to make things happen, and he's able to find his receivers, and he's able to work quickly, and you know he's able to do things. But uh, at some point, it's got to catch up to them, and and it's it looks like it is, and they just kind of squeaked by last night. And that defense has given up a lot of yards, and it, you know, kind of bend but don't break. They gave up two touchdowns, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, the Bucks really should have had another nine to twelve points on the board, maybe more than that, as they, you know, Nick Folk just couldn't make a field goal. But that doesn't hide the fact that the the Patriots' defense is still giving up a lot of yards, and and teams are having an easy time moving the ball against them. I mean, the Bucks put up four hundred nine yards of total offense last night, three hundred nineteen through the air. The Patriots' secondary right now has some major questions. And yes, you're right. You have Tom Brady, and you can match. Anyone in the league, uh, you know, quarterback for quarterback and passing yard for passing yard, and I get that. Um, but this is not the Patriots team of old. No, uh, not at all. You know, we're starting to see that, you know, they might not be the best team in the AFC. At least, I, again, that was the feeling I, I had last night, really for the first time in a, in a long time, that they they legitimately might not be the best team in the AFC. Um as for the takeaway from the the ACC game, I don't know how much you watched of of NC State I was in and, out. and Louisville. Uh, you know, we've been saying on the show. I know I've been saying on the show, and I think you've been agreeing with me. I, I've been saying that when all said and done, NC State might prove to be the second best team in the Atlantic Division slash the second best team in the conference. Um, we got a l- glimpse of that last night. Uh, Lamar Jackson's oh, yeah. still there with Louisville, um, but. NC State was the better team. I mean, NC State won by a couple of touchdowns, 39-25. My takeaway from last night's game it isn't so much about NC State. We knew they were good. We saw them just last week. Uh, they're still unbeaten in conference play. They're not as good as Clemson, but they are the second-best team in the Atlantic Division right now. They, they've beaten uh, both Florida State and, and Louisville. My takeaway from that game is Louisville might fall back closer to the category of toss-up game for the Orange. Now, it's it's a road game, obviously, but this, you know, we say the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old. This Louisville team is not the, you know, the juggernaut that, you know, there's that no way. came into the Dome and scored right. 70 points. You know, there's no way Syracuse can beat them. I I, I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I'm going to have to brag about this. I think I said this before you did. the season. You did. And, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm starting to lean in, in that direction. And we saw this happen last year, too. It didn't happen this early last year. But in, like, mid-October, they had that game against Houston and they didn't look good, and and they started falling apart, and their offensive line was atrocious, and they just didn't look good towards the end of last year. And so, like, I kind of thought, oh, that might happen again. And now you get them the second to last week of the season if you're Syracuse, and if you can get pressure on Lamar Jackson, or you can, get, you know, you you could not have him go for 600 yards like he did last year. You know, maybe you're in that game. Uh, you know, and 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 you could play that one a little bit closer. Uh, than you might have thought in years prior. Uh, But I think another main takeaway to me was like NC State stepped up and made a play when they had to, right? I mean, you gave the ball back to the Heisman Trophy winner uh, with, with, what, two and a half, three minutes left in that game, 
and they were down a touchdown. That was Lamar Jackson's time to shine. And he threw a pass, and it got knocked up in the air off his receiver. And you know what? It didn't hit the turf. It didn't get caught by a Louisville receiver. It got caught by an NC State defender who brought it back for a touchdown and ended that game, right? Like, NC State made the play when they had to. And and how many times over the years have we seen an NC State team that, like, would be good enough to get into that situation, and then the quarterback would drive for the tie, and it would go to overtime, and they would lose, right? Like, this NC State team feels better than in prior years. Like, they're making that play uh, that that they had not made, and they've got that one loss on their resume, but that is a head-scratcher. And if they can go and, and really make some moves here uh, and, you know, somehow knock off a Clemson, uh, you know, or, or play them close. You know, they're playing their way into a New Year's Six Bowl at the very least. They're three and zero right now in the conference. You know, they've they've gotten Florida State and, and Louisville out of the way. Uh, obviously, Syracuse is their their other win. Um, but this is a team that, and they, you know, they've got Clemson in a few weeks. They're not as good as Clemson. No, but the the way that the rest of this schedule shakes out. You know, they've got Pittsburgh. They do have to go to Notre Dame and then Clemson uh, in back-to-back games with BC, Wake, UNC. I mean, you're looking at a team that, you know, legitimately could get to 10 wins, could be 10-2, and two, uh, you know, 9-3, and three, finish, you know, certainly in second place uh, in the Atlantic Division and, again, might be considered the second-best team in, in the entire ACC depending on, you know, how, how Miami closes the season or, or Virginia Tech closes the season. Um, but NC State is is good. And, yeah, they looked good. You know what? What have we been saying the last couple of weeks with Syracuse? When you look at the LSU game and NC State game, you know, to your point, it, it comes down to a play here or there. And in past years, NC State hasn't been able to make that play. Now they're getting over the hump. Syracuse is still at that stage where. They're they, not they making haven't that been play. able to make that play. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson is still an, an unbelievable quarterback and an unbelievable talent, obviously. He just doesn't have the pieces around him, and NC State took advantage of that last night. And and so as I'm watching Louisville, I, I'm again, I'm thinking to myself, it, it's not like this team is that much better. You know, there, There's that gap in the conference. We thought it was you know Clemson and Florida State at the top and maybe Louisville in its own tier, and then you know NC State leading that, that bottom tier of everyone else. That's changed. Right. Louisville is no longer in that tier all by themselves. It's still not you know, this year. Still no. Clemson and Florida State, although with DeAndre Francois out, Florida State got knocked down a peg. Clemson's all in that tier by themselves. And then I would say NC State, Florida State for the time being, Louisville peg below them. Um the question and then is everybody else. The question is how many pegs are there between Louisville and everybody else, and realistically, how many pegs are there between Florida State and everybody else? Or is that like one group that's like Louisville and then Florida State and then everybody else? Because without DeAndre Francois, they have not been good. Uh, you know, they they did not play well at Wake Forest. They really didn't. Uh, so, I, and I'm not saying that's a game that you're going to go into Tallahassee and win. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. But NC State handled them easily. At Tallahassee, they didn't play well at Wake. You know, how good is that team? And I don't think we know that yet. And and the unfortunate thing is that Louisville and Florida State are both on the road when right. they're they're down obviously both these teams are down this year opposed to where they normally are and so you know maybe if one of these teams was coming into the dome you know if this was last year and you had Florida State coming here Louisville coming here maybe they could knock one of them off i still think it's going to be you know a lot to ask of the orange to go to those places and win um 
because we haven't seen it yet. We've seen them play teams close on the road, obviously, with NC State Louis in, in LSU, but we haven't seen them go and, and, and close it out and, and finish the deal. Um, so I still think it's a lot to ask to go to Tallahassee and to beat the Seminoles, or, you know, to go down to Louisville and, and knock off the cards. But it's a lot more realistic now than I thought it was Six a, weeks a month, yeah, a month to two months ago, you know, before the season started. Oh, I absolutely agree. It's a lot more realistic to say they could go beat Florida State because James Blackman is not nearly as good as DeAndre Francois. Right? Like, it, it's much more realistic to say, oh, they, you know, as, as long as you take away their top receiver, uh, because, Steve, I showed you these the numbers uh, earlier this week. When, when Blackman is, is throwing to the top receiver on the team, he completes like 60% of his passes, couple touchdowns, uh, you know, is a, is a competent quarterback, a good quarterback. When he tries to target anybody else, he's completing like 40% of his passes, a couple interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, so essentially, the game plan at Florida State is guard that guy. Yeah, make somebody else beat you. Yeah, and, and you know, so oh, okay, if you maybe you could do something if you could stop them and, and slow them down. Oh, Louisville, you you should be able to get pressure on Lamar Jackson. It's now a matter of don't overrun him and let him run past you. Um, and, and all of a sudden, no, maybe that game's a lot more interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, we again, as you said, we haven't seen this happen on the road. And given what Syracuse has done, uh, you know, last year against Le- uh, Lamar Jackson, or in the past against Florida State in Tallahassee, uh, th- there is no reason to think that they could win those games. But when you watch these teams, there's reason to believe, oh, they could be closer than you would imagine. I'll say this: before the season started. I said, and I, I firmly felt this way, and I think most people did. Clemson, Miami, Florida State, and Louisville are losses. Like, there's no way they're winning those games, and I don't feel like that anymore. I, I do. I think. I agree. You with know, you. would I predict a win right now at Florida State or at Louisville? I'm not saying that, but I'm I'm taking them out of that category of well, those are those are losses. There's no way they could, you know, guaranteed losses. Right. They're not guaranteed part that, losses. Part of that, by the way, is also how Syracuse's looked, yeah. right? Because Florida State and Louisville have looked terrible, right? Like, they, they've looked really bad at times. Louisville didn't look so good last night. Florida State has not looked good without DeAndre Francois. But we wouldn't be saying this if we were seeing the Syracuse team of early last season either, right? Like, if they had gotten the doors blown off them at LSU, if they had gotten the doors blown off them at NC State, I don't think that we would be saying the same, oh, well, maybe they can go win. Like, I think that this team has looked better, and it goes to the idea of week four, year two, week six, year two. You know, this is week six, year two. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week after the LSU game, but, like, you can see the improvement being made, or I think I I think I can see the improvement being made, right? Like, you could see them playing at least a complete half of football. And you could see what it looks like when this thing is rolling for a half of football. The next step is putting four quarters together. And if they put four quarters together like they did in the second half of of the NC State game or the second half of the LSU game, and they do that when they go to Tallahassee or to to Louisville, there's no reason why they can't win that game if they play like they did in the second half of those games. You know what, Seth? I will settle for four quarters of football tomorrow. Right? Take care of it first against a team you're supposed to beat. 
and and then you can take your shot at one of the the titans of the the conference. If you can go into that Clemson game, we said four and two. Okay, you lost Middle Tennessee. You're a game behind that pace, but you at least got to go into that game three and three, and then take your swings at you know Clemson, Miami, and Florida State. And you may not win any of them, but at least you keep yourselves relevant going into that. Next home game, you know, after you know Clemson, Miami, Florida State, after that that murderer's row, at least you're still relevant a month from now when Wake Forest comes to town, and and it can still add That's up to five thing. and potentially get to a bowl game, or you know maybe you're able to run the table those last three if if Louisville is now a winnable game, and and maybe you give yourselves a chance to beat Wake, Louisville, and BC in consecutive weeks, and then you can get to six and six and guarantee yourselves a shot in the postseason. But in order to even have that on the table. You got to take care of business tomorrow. 315 437 7644. We have to take our first time out. We're back after this on Orange Nation. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. We've been at this point before. You know, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, the schedule is tough. The, the, the competition is tough. But um, I just feel like we have to just stay consistent and try to just try to keep on getting better. I know um, a bowl game is the ultimate goal that we want, but. Um, I think we just got to take it a game at a time and and just see what happens at the end of the year. That was Irv Phillips earlier in the week as our number two of Orange Nation kicks off on ESPN Radio. Seth Goldberg, Stephen Fonte with you up until 2 o'clock. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. We've got our Vegas insider Kevin Todd set to join us here in about uh, 10 minutes from now. So Irv Phillips basically saying the company line, no panic. We've been in this situation before. They that need sounds to go different out. than what Paris Bennett said, by the yes. way. Yes. Um, yes. Yes and no. Um, again, he's not shying away. He's not saying that it's not an important game. He's just saying we, we can't panic. And, he, and he's right. They can't. And he's saying the one game at a time cliche. And, and again, technically he's right. You can't get it back all at once. It's like you know, a baseball team falling down by three runs. One swing of the bat if nobody's on. You know, solo homer doesn't get, get you back in it. you got to get it one run at a time. And you know, for for the SU football team, they do have to win one at a time and 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 get to five or six wins. It starts tomorrow. It it's a game that they they have to have. We've been talking about it all week. The players have been asked about it. The coaches have been asked about it. Nobody's backing down from the fact that that this game. It again, it feels like it's a make or break game for the 2017 season. It's a home game against a team that theoretically you're better than. You're favored. Um, you know, by a field goal, which again essentially makes it a toss-up game, and I get that. But what do we really know about Pitt at this point? I mean, they almost lost to an FCS team right off the bat. They've gotten blown out by the good teams they faced, and they easily handled Rice last week. Which you know, you you should be able to handle Rice right. at home. You're going to get beaten by Penn State and Oklahoma State by a lot. You're going to get beaten by a lot, which Pitt did, and. You know, maybe they lost by Georgia to Georgia Tech by a little bit more than you would hope to lose to. Uh, but then they did exactly what they should against Rice. I, I said this earlier in the week. I don't know uh, what to think about this Pittsburgh team because they played poorly against Youngstown State. And by the way, this is the second year in a row that they've played poorly against Youngstown State ahead of a Pitt Penn State game. Like this has happened now two years in a row. Uh, they got beaten down by Penn State. They got blown out by Oklahoma State which in a game that could have been way worse than the final score was. And then, you know, they lose to Georgia Tech in a, in a, in a beatdown, and they blow out Rice. Like, aside from the Youngstown State game, like, they kind of did exactly what you should do with that schedule, right? Like, you should lose by a lot to Penn State and to Oklahoma State, and, like, you should probably get beaten by Georgia Tech. 
I just I don't know what that means for this Pittsburgh team. And you look at SU's schedule to date, and they lost a game that they should have won in the Middle Tennessee State game, and they played NC State and LSU a lot closer than than people thought. For what that's worth, you know, we said going into the NC State game, we thought that the Wolfpack might be the second best team in the Atlantic Division. And I think they showed last night that they're the second-best team in the Atlantic Division, beating Louisville by two touchdowns. And now they've beaten Louisville, they've beaten Florida State, and, and Clemson clearly the cream of the crop in the conference. And, you know, a- alongside Alabama, those two are the best teams in the country, without a doubt. There is a big drop-off uh, between Clemson and Alabama and everybody else. But NC State right now is slotted in as the second-best team in the Atlantic Division, maybe the second-best team in the ACC. You played them within a touchdown. Right. And the week before, you were down two on the road in Baton Rouge uh, to an LSU team that, again, is down a little bit this year, struggles at the quarterback position with Danny Etling, uh, a, a team that lost to Troy the following week, but it's still an SEC roster. It's still a road game in Baton Rouge and you were down two in the fourth quarter with again if you get the ball back you have a chance to win it with a field goal so what do we make of the SU schedule I mean, right. they gave one back exactly they, they shouldn't have lost and and ultimately they lost to NC State and LSU although they played them closer than we thought right no I, I think both teams are kind of in the same boat uh, you know I would say that Syracuse has played their better teams better than uh, Pitt has right I, I mean I would say that Syracuse has played NC State and LSU better than Pitt played uh, Penn State and Oklahoma State. Uh, I I don't think that's any crazy statement here. They both beat up on a team that they should in Central Michigan and Rice. Uh, They they both played a game that was too close for comfort. In in the case of Syracuse, they lost. In the case of Pitt, they won by a touchdown in double overtime. Uh, It's, you know, there are similarities. Their programs have very similar spots. Right, I mean, they, they are programs at very similar spots uh, in their growth. I uh, I used this phrase uh, last season, and uh, and my former co-host Salmanine made fun of me for it. But I'm going to break it out again on today's show. Uh, this is what I called last year, and I'll say it again: this is a show me game. You know, we hate the term oh, must yeah. win. This is a this is a go out and and show me what you got. You you say that you're better. You say it's week six, year two. Show me. Prove it to me. Go out and beat Pitt at home like you should. Um, and get to 3-3 three and three and, again, give yourself a, a fighter's chance uh, going into the the second half of the season. So you're not going to make I, fun of me then. No, I, I like I'd, that. I'd also call this a measuring stick game. Sure. Um, you know, we want to measure Syracuse against NC State. We want to measure Syracuse against LSU. Uh, but in all reality, that's not fair. Right, that's not what SU this is right is now. Not quite there yet. Syracuse and Pitt are comparable. Syracuse and Pitt are similar programs at similar times in their development with their coaching staffs. These are the games that you compare Syracuse to: Pitt, Wake, BC. Those are the measuring stick games, much more so than LSU, NC State, Miami, Clemson, Florida State. Uh, name the team, and so. If Syracuse goes out this week and can beat up on this team and can win and can win can relatively convincingly and looks good doing it, I think that you walk out of the Dome feeling pretty good with where the program is, right? We've been saying for the last couple of years that if you're Syracuse, the next step isn't so much getting into the top 25. For me, anyway, the next step is being the best of the rest. And the rest right. being... 
In past years, NC State, Wake, BC, and even though Pitt's in the other division, I think you can throw Pitt in there as well. You see him every year. NC State is now has now elevated, you know, that program at least this year to you know outside the you know the rest of of the ACC. BC, Wake, Pittsburgh, they're in that category along with Syracuse. So show you're the best of the rest and and win those three games this year. Win right. those three games, get to five, and, and maybe forward. you can steal someone, steal steal another game and get to a bowl game. And we were talking about a step forward. It's a step forward if this year you are the best of the rest in the ACC. It is. Absolutely. We'll uh, give our predictions uh, later on in the show. we got to take a timeout, though. We'll switch gears and bring in our Vegas insider, Kevin Todd, on the other side of the break. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls out right after this on ESPN Radio.